0: Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. This morning I'm joined by former MSU Bobcat, Kyle Godecki. How are you doing today, man?
1: Doing well this morning. It's nice to be on and nice to see you. Yeah, you too,
0: man. So my first question is always kind of the same, but what made you first fall in love with football?
1: Yeah, I think that's part of kind of growing up in small town Montana. Um, When you hit seventh grade, it's time to start playing tackle football. I have an older brother who also kind of went that route, so... Definitely something that uh, you just get into being from those smaller towns. And then uh, being the size I was, I was always big for my grades. So it was kind of a shoe in for offensive line, defensive lines. So started that at a young age and uh, kind of found, found my place on the team. That's awesome. So, you know, that kind of leads
0: me into a few different questions. But um, my first one that I'm going to come out with is, you played both offense and defensive line, obviously, growing up, but what made you um, choose offensive line in college?
1: Uh, They told me I could eat more, so I went that route. <laughs> Generally, uh, yeah, defensive linemen, kind of when I was going into college, were starting to get a little smaller, a little faster, and that just wasn't part of my genetic profile, so we turned around and put the ball to our back and put some more weight on and try to get as big and fast as we could. And yeah, went the offensive line route and really enjoyed it.
0: That's awesome, man. So another question I had is you're from now, it's kind of a Bobcat pipeline of Dylan. So what is it like to be from Dylan and to go to the Bobcats and just kind of have that now pipeline from Dylan?
1: Yeah. So it was definitely not like that when I grew up. Dylan was a little small Grizz community. Um, I think I was one of the first players to come to MSU since, I think, 2001. So there was a good 10, 15-year stint there where uh, everyone that played football went to the University of Montana. So it was kind of interesting. Um, I just did official visits to both places and really enjoyed MSU and the, the team they had going and the, the team that was there at the time. So ended up going over here, and then, yeah, it was kind of interesting to watch everybody kind of follow that way and now it seems that msu and dylan have a great connection and obviously troy anderson just came out of there and doing great things in the nfl so just awesome to see
0: for sure for sure so you know obviously i got your name and everything from cody kirk who is honestly synonymous with msu football as of late so what was it like to lock for him as an offensive lineman (laughs)
1: It was good. Cody was, uh, he was a back that you knew where he was going and he was going to get there no matter which way it it, uh, took him. So, I mean, he'd run over you, run through you, didn't matter. So you kind of knew you had to get out of the way when Cody was coming. So, uh, but I mean, it was awesome playing with a guy that was also the hardest worker in the room. Um, I mean, Cody was, he was a little, little fiery guy, but he wasn't going to let anyone outwork him. So it was just kind of cool to watch that when i was that young and just kind of see how he did it and what took him on to success and just cool playing with a guy like that
0: for sure so you know one thing about the offensive line and defensive line is i can only imagine there's a bunch of trash talk between the two so what is some trash talk that you remember that was just amazing in between <laughs> the
1: two different uh, teams yeah. So obviously there's always some trash talk and it's a little easier when there's five of you sitting next to each other talking to four other guys and you're all a foot away from each other. So, um, you know, I think it's mostly a PG show, so we won't talk about exactly what was said out there, but there's definitely some some others brought into conversations and other things of that nature. Always, always good. And at the end of the day, just had a little more respect for the guy across the line after you go toe for toe for that long.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure. So, you know, talk to me about those uh cat grizz rivalry games, because I mean, I've obviously had a bunch of cats on, I've had a few grizz on, and it's there's no love lost on either side. So, what is it like to play in those games?
1: Yeah, it's uh, I mean, that game just means more. Um, everyone you know, growing up and you know through the whole communities of Montana, I mean, they have a strong allegiance to one or the other. For whatever various reasons, family or old alumni, so it just means something to everyone in the state. And then just to see those, uh, just kind of that passion boil over uh, into a football game is fun. Um, definitely some some heated arguments. Definitely Thanksgiving time, but it all works out. Um, it's fun to see the Cats kind of starting to come back and make it more of a rivalry. Obviously, the Grays had a pretty good run there, so. When I was growing up, it was all grizz all the time. So it's it's fun to see the cats come back and get theirs for sure. So have
0: you um done a lot of following of the program since you graduated and moved on? Uh,
1: a little bit. I actually mostly go hunting now since I couldn't ever hunt when I was playing. I figured uh, I have ten years of hunting to make up for my high school and college days, and then I'll get back into football again. So.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to talk about that later cuz I know you're going on quite a big trip here, so I wanted to talk about that. Um but um so I guess where I was going with that was um you know, obviously you guys were kind of like in the rebuild of what the Bobcat program is now. What or how neat
1: is it to see where they are now? It's awesome. I mean, you obviously hope that while you're at a program that you can have some impact on the direction of it when you leave. And I feel like coach Ash and that team that we had really laid some good foundation for kind of the guys that are in there now, got the community support kind of going again. Um, Yeah. Just got a lot more support and then just to watch what has happened. Stadium's getting rebuilt. I mean, they're breaking enrollment records every year. It's just really cool to see kind of the, football team at the heart of that and just keep on going and doing bigger and better things every year. So it's been really fun to watch.
0: For sure. So, you know, you mentioned Rob Ash, and I think he, as I just mentioned, is kind of the coach that really turned things around. But what was he like as a coach in the locker room with you guys?
1: Yeah. Coach Ash was, he was a really good kind of leader. He wanted you to be the best version of yourself, whether that was on the football field or off the football field. And I think that's kind of what had the most impact on the program is obviously we're a football team. Everyone wants to come out and watch us win on Saturdays, but he was very good about, you know, kind of getting the best from you in the classroom or in the community as well. And he harped on that all the time. And you can kind of see the community support rallying back behind the team. And, Really cool to see. And I think he was kind of the, the first domino, if you will, in that whole event and has done a good job of getting the bobcats back in a good light and watching the community rally behind has been cool.
0: Yeah, it's been really cool to watch from a little bit of farm in billing. So it's like two hours away, not that far, but um, you know, to see you know, Coach Ash, it kind of was just starting to rebuild, and then you had Coach Choke come in and He got to the next level. And then you have, of course, now Coach Vegan. And it's like, oh my God, we're finally here. And it's so cool to see the slow but also fast progression of the program. It's really been cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And like you said, with FCS, you kind of have those coaches coming in and out. Ash had a little bit longer time here than showed, obviously. But uh so just to see that one coach can kind of pick up where the other left off and not necessarily do the same thing or do it the exact same way, but kind of build on what was already there and yeah you have if they keep doing it right good things keep happening
0: for sure it's it's really good to see that you know the turnover hasn't caused a reset like it does in some other sports so it's good to see for sure
1: (laughs) yeah exactly yeah you see that a lot coach comes in and then they kind of want to wait till they get their guys in there and they call them rebuilding years and it seems like we just kind of keep getting stronger and stronger with every coach that comes in which is i think just a testament to the coaches that have gone through.
0: For sure. So obviously, you know, during your era, the Bobcats were fairly successful. So what was a game that sticks out to you as just a fun game, a game where you did well? Just kind of what sticks out to you in your career?
1: Man. Um, I mean, honestly, all the games kind of stick together. Um, you know, you remember some of the travel things. But once you start the game, I mean, I always enjoyed playing cat Grizz. I can remember every snap of those ones. And then uh, some of the other bigger ones, like Eastern Washington over there, um, I think we ended up, unfortunately, losing. But it was a high-scoring affair and just kind of a battle for the whole 60 minutes. So those games definitely stick out. But mostly, I mean, you look back and you miss, you know, whether it be a summer workout that you, you know, somebody was late to or, you know, maybe a little hungover and puking. And those are the things you kind of remember and razzing the guys and being in the locker room and, you know, traveling to the games and pulling pranks on each other. But, yeah, the games themselves were fun. But, yeah, I miss the the locker room environment, the team environment, and that's kind of what I reminisce on.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, now I I've, I've been doing this for about a year, and I always – I don't always ask, but I like to ask a lot, what's a memory you have off the field? Because I've found that, you know, the buses, like you mentioned, the locker rooms are a lot of times where you have your memory. So what's a memory you have from those moments that you'll always have no matter what?
1: Yeah, we had a a really tight-knit O-line group. Um, We called ourselves the Fat Five just because, you know, we needed a nickname and we were always together. I ended up, when I came in, there was four redshirt freshmen that ended up starting in one year. So we were together for the whole, our whole careers. And so we were the fat five by the end of it. But uh, (laughs) man, we would pull some pranks in the locker room. and (laughs) Fortunately, we were usually always always the butt of the joke too. So we pulled them on each other and we finally got Quinn Catalano, who was a few years older than I was, but uh, we took his shoelaces out of his cleats and tied his helmet to the to the pipes in the locker room and he left a pair of scissors next to his locker and he walked in and he got all pissed off that his helmet it was up there and he cut his shoelaces <laughs> off and we all started laughing and he goes god damn it those were my shoelaces weren't they <laughs> and so it was just pretty funny um that one will always stick with me just because the reaction because i mean we set him up perfect and he did exactly what we wanted him to and <laughs> <laughs> luckily he's gonna take a joke and i'm sure he got me back right after that so
0: Oh, that's awesome. So obviously, you know, Bobcat Stadium is an electric place to play, but um, where else did you really enjoy playing, you know, in the big sky?
1: I mean, there's no better sound than hearing Washington Grizzly silent. So that was always a good one. We'd go in there and, you know, they think they'd have us stopped and we'd score and you could hear a pin drop about two seconds later. So <laughs> love playing a Washington Grizzly, just like you say, because of that rivalry and, the effect that six points can have on everyone in there.
0: For sure. So, you know, Eastern Washington has that red field. And I've always wondered what effect does that have on the players?
1: You know, it's actually not that bad when you're on it. You don't even really realize you're playing on a red field. The only time it sucks is when you're watching film. You kind of get some vertigo after a while watching red on red. Try to figure out who's coming on blitzes and how they're twisting just because Gets a little confusing, so I'd say it's even it's worse for a spectator than it is a player uh, when you're on it. I mean, you're more focused on the guys across from you and things like that, that you don't even notice that you're on a red field. Uh,
0: yeah, because, I mean, obviously I've watched games from there, and it it, it is bad as a spectator.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, it is.
0: And I've often wondered, because I think I remember when Boise State put in their blue, that they were either told or asked not to wear blue.
1: Yeah, and
0: I've often wondered why Eastern's allowed to wear red. But yeah,
1: like I said, from a spectator's point of view, it's just—I mean—it's almost annoying trying to watch it, especially if you're colorblind by any means. But yeah, watching film on there, getting ready for the game was probably the worst part of playing on there. But other than that, once you once you stepped across the line, you didn't really notice.
0: For sure. So being, you know, an offensive guard. um, you obviously had to line up against some pretty good defensive linemen. So who is the best defensive lineman that you lined up against?
1: That's a good question. Um, I mean, we obviously had some really good defensive linemen at MSU. So I would say practice was almost harder than the games because it was an everyday thing. Whereas, you know, you're lining up against, you know, Brad Daly and those types of guys coming inside. And I mean, they're Buck Buchanan winners and the best of the best that we have to offer. So. Those are always the hard parts is playing those guys, but that also got you ready for all those games. Um, I remember my first start was at Southern Utah. Unfortunately, I'm really bad with names. So I can't remember who the three technique was, but he was a preseason All-American. So that was kind of like my welcome to the big sky. And we got that one handled without too much love lost. And they let me play again. So <laughs> it went all right. That's awesome. So I also read up a little bit and I noticed, or
0: I um, read that you dealt with a knee injury and obviously injuries are a part of the game of football they're a part of a game of life really but how did you mentally come back from um a knee injury to be able to come and play again and you know just get over the mental block of it almost
1: yeah um unfortunately when I did get hurt it was I think our third day of fall camp my junior year or so um, it's just unfortunate, you know, you put all that work in in the offseason to get ready for for camp and for a long season and then to get hurt like that. Um, it's unfortunate. But with the O-line, I mean, you're kind of the the faceless heroes, if you will, of the team. Nobody really knows who you are, but uh, they can't do it without you. So we always had a next man up philosophy. I mean, we're uh, we're a group O-line and it's never just one guy because obviously it always takes five of you. So. Um, next man up and then I always just tried to stay as into the into the games as I could you know still go to meetings and go to the games and just kind of be there to help that next guy because uh, you know obviously they have a lot of questions and if you've been there and done it and can help them out um, makes your whole team better so stayed in it as much as I could and then yeah just work at the rehab and do what you have to, to get back and get back out on that field.
0: For sure so you know, you you said it, the O-line is unsung heroes, and I've often thought that as well. Um, but how, I guess, neat, I don't know how to put it, but um, MSU's whole philosophy really is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. So how neat is that to have your position be like a forefront need of the offense because it runs so much through the run?
1: Uh, it's a blessing and a curse, obviously, when things are going well. You know, the running backs, quarterbacks, everyone's getting praise. And then when things are going bad, everyone's yelling at the offensive line. So, um, I mean, it's good and bad, but to be that kind of first, that first uh, line of defense, if you will, and then get the things started on the right note. So, when you're humming along and the offensive line's playing well, it's the most fun you can have. I mean, everybody's doing exactly what they should and things are working, And then uh, just to kind of have a good group that can come together when things aren't working well and figure out how to get it done, whether, you know, you need to change some things up or, you know, maybe sometimes it is just work a little bit harder. It's nice to uh, have a group of guys that are always on the same page.
0: For sure. For sure. So, um, excuse me, I'm trying to think of what to, uh, well, I guess my next question is with the O-line, there is different techniques of how you block, um, a different you know, edge rusher, a guy that's more your standard, just push, um, defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. So, how do you prepare for all those different types of linemen?
1: Yeah, so I think it changes kind of week by week, you know, the team that you're facing. Um, obviously, defensive has have, have different philosophies, you have three down and four down defensive fronts. Um, And then you also have different sizes, too. I know like we would play Sac State and they'd always have like one 380 pound nose guard. And you're like, all right. So this week, you know, we got to eat our Wheaties and come to work because we got a big boy to block up front. But uh, you kind of start practicing against different guys. I would say when you get to college, especially coming out of like high school and Dylan, um, you don't get a lot of variety. Um, across the state of Montana when it comes to defenses. I mean, it's pretty, pretty generic. So kind of come in and then you trial by fire, you know, you start getting some of these fast edge rushers that might be a little smaller, but they have the speed and the ability and agility. And then you get the guys that are squatting 600 pounds and can blow you up if you're not careful. So definitely a lot of trial and error. You end up on your back a few times in fall camp the first year and you kind of, start to figure out what works for you. Um, you got to have, you know, obviously low center gravity and wide feet, things like that. But as you get more comfortable and more stronger in the weight room, things like that, it kind of starts coming to you. And then it's a guy by guy basis. Some are fast, some are strong. So you just hope you don't run into the really fast, strong ones.
0: For sure. So, you know, the big sky too is really spread out. I mean, you obviously have our Montana schools, you have Idaho, Washington, Oregon, California, Arizona, y- you have the whole West, really. So how hard is that with travel and being a student?
1: Um, Definitely a little bit of extra work in the classroom, just because, you know, you'd be gone for a day or two. So you have to kind of prepare for that. But other than that, it was pretty simple. We would fly to most places. So you know, they have a plane ready for you to take a day off school. Uh, we'd usually have like a walkthrough and breakfast and then get on a plane and fly. But um, it was something that you couldn't change. So you just had to figure out how to overcome it. So I actually really enjoyed all of our road trips just because you're you'd get the whole team together. Right. And we'd get to go stay in a hotel and hang out. And it'd be like, you know, your parents paying for a weekend to go hang out with all your friends in a hotel, but instead it was just something we had to do, you know, every other week. So it was really fun. And yeah, just getting all the guys together in that environment was a great time.
0: Uh, That's awesome, Kyle. Well, Hey, I want to thank you so much for coming on this morning and talking Bobcat football. I always love talking about the Bobcats. So um, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And um, again, just
1: thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And go cats, go cats. (laughs) Have a great rest of your day. You as well. Thank you.
0: Hey guys, Mitch here with wide left sports. And do I have a company I would love to highlight for you. It's called big sky customs. They make lifelike figurines of your playing days, which I think is awesome because every single person Once they're done with their playing days, they miss it. And um, how cool would it be to have a lifelike figurine to commemorate that? And, I mean, Rob goes down to the very minute details about it. It's awesome. And the best part is it's out of Montana. Um, So, yeah, if you want to get one ordered, just go to his Facebook page, Big Sky Customs, and start a conversation with him about it. And hopefully you enjoy your lifelike figurine from Big Sky Customs.